Hello, it is a beautiful Thursday, September 16th. Can't thank you enough for allowing us to be a part of your day. I hope today's show is one that you'll enjoy. I think you should. And if you don't, just don't tell anybody about it. But if you do like this, please be a friend and tell a friend. We got Tyrod Taylor, Ian Rappaport, and head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mike Tomlin. Plus the boys, A.J. Hawk. I mean, it's loaded today. Let's get right to it. Today's show is big. We got two first-time guests joining us, Tyrod Taylor and Coach Mike Tom. I have no idea how this has happened. We are so incredibly thankful for them. And also, we'll wrap up the week with Rap Sheet and Friends uh, in the second hour. I can't wait for all those incredible conversations. Excited and thankful that you choose to allow us to penetrate your eye holes and your ear holes on a daily basis. Uh, If you enjoy the show by the end of it, please be a friend, tell a friend. If you do not like this show, just go ahead and fuck off. Um, no, nah, I'm joking. I understand. There's a lot of people that don't like me. I've been with me for 34 years. You won't be the first. You won't be the last. I appreciate the hell out of all of you, though. The boys are here at the talks table at Boston Connor at Ty Schmidt. Tone Diggs still being held in captivity yep. due to his multiple close contact situation he has had. He has continued. I don't think he's tested today, but yesterday he tested negative. Uh, if he tests negative through the weekend, he'll be back on Monday. And we will also give him a massive like, hey, wait a go, oh. Hey, and maybe the antibodies are still fine in there even though he had that thing nine months ago but I'm not 100% sure how he's going to get through this thing without getting it from what I read on the internet while I was battling COVID uh, at Bubba Gumpino is here running the Twitter today we appreciate you Gumpy obviously got Foxy Zito and Nick Moraldo Dirty Gertie's in the building by the way and this is the first time we've had a graphic uh, designer Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is pretty absurd to think that we have had an internet company for now like four years uh, and this is the first time we've had a graphic design. We are very thankful for you, Dirty. Want to let you know that. And, and Billy and everybody else, we can't thank you enough, NFL, for allowing us to turn this, you know, potentially bland Thursday. And we've had a lot of those in this particular run of shows in the last seven months, so as NFL wasn't around. But this Thursday, you wake up this morning, and guess what? There's NFL football tonight. Let's go. Hey, there's an MC East matchup that we have no idea what the hell is going to happen. Uh-huh. There's a three-and-a-half-point spread. There's magic cooking. It's a Washington football team favored over the New York Giants. New York Giants look terrible. Mm, yeah. Bad. Washington football team did not look bad. They lose their starting quarterback, but no, lo and behold, the Heineken, the Heineke, the almost playoff god for them last year is now starting, and I think this is going to be a great matchup. Oh, yeah. Both these teams have a lot of proof. The NFC East last year was the absolute worst. This year, stats are saying that they are not. Dallas Cowboys look to be great. Philadelphia Eagles beat the dog shit out of the AFC <laughs> or NFC South Atlanta Falcons, so it might be a different year for the NFC East as a whole, but tonight, I'm excited for us to really get a chance to see Danny Dimes yes. in yeah. a make-or-break year. This is a make-or-break year for Danny Dimes, I think. I think it has been. I think there was a lot of hype. He was drafted a lot higher than, I think, a majority of the humans out in the world thought he was going to get drafted. When he got drafted, people lost their minds. Who's this guy? Then everybody came out. No, he's Eli. He's this. He's more athletic. He's just as fast as Lamar Jackson. He's this freak athlete. He's doing all this stuff. Now it's coming to the time, though, where is it him? Is it the situation? Is it Jason Garrett's play calls? Is it that offensive line? Is it the turnover? Or is it a combination of all those things? Or is Danny Dimes not a guy? I think a lot of those questions can still be asked. I'm a big fan of Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes made me a lot of money with his freak athleticism that doesn't really get talked about much because Jason Garrett, and I think in the Giants history, hasn't really called 
designed runs for him to really showcase that whole right. thing. It always is broken plays. And he tripped over himself one time on national television, Ooh. but that son of a bitch can glide. Oh, yeah. And on the other side, Heineke, Chase Young, Ron Rivera, that Washington football team almost surprised the world last year in the playoffs, almost beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are winners. That's what Bruce Aaron said. Oh, yeah. So they did come back and win that game. But this Washington football team against a tough Chargers team wasn't able to stop them at the end of the game. So they got a lot of questions to be answered as well. I think we're in for a good one tonight. I'm excited for tonight's Thursday night football game and i can't wait to dive in and bet all over this whole damn thing it does feel like a something's got to give game we talked about that a little bit off air i mean danny dimes he's four and zero against the washington football oh. team but the giants they're owing six on thursday night football since 2015 so something's got to give here tonight i mean it, it's tough danny dimes is a fumbling machine and he's got two very very difficult head rushers to compete with tonight so we'll oh, see we'll see who knows yeah. what's gonna happen i completely forgot about uh, one of our guests today, Mike Tomlin, talking to Chase Young and saying, I ain't never going to lose enough games to get somebody who looks like you <laughs> no on way. the field. All right, dap up. See you later. Have a good one. See, you. That's real. Chase Young, immediate game changer as soon as he stepped on an NFL field. Yeah. Last year, what play was it? What game was the it? Niners, I believe, where he just – He picked the ball up in stride <laughs> yeah. with one hand, just threw his arm down, give me that, and then just – it was one of the smoothest, most athletic things I've ever seen in my life. And then he started listening to people talk about him. He's a stud. He's a yeah. guy. Here we go. Now he's probably a leader over there as well with some turnover. Got a little bit of a younger oh, team. Yeah. Terry McLaurin, he's going to make some plays. I mean, there is a game to be had tonight. Those two uh, records, by the way, Danny Dimes and then Washington football team record, and, and the primetime record mm -hmm. and everything like that. I mean, something is going to have to give. This past weekend, when I hit the anvil, Colts were undefeated. Oh, yeah. yeah. Colts were also completely defeated in season opener since 2014. Something had to give. Yeah, something's got to give game. I lost. Mm. <laughs> My record lost. And, and I'll have to turn that around, obviously. I will have to turn that sure. around. But in this particular one, what will it be? Will it be the primetime Danny Dimes? Will it be the Washington football team Danny Dimes? I don't know. I have real questions. And Heineke gets a start for the first time since that playoff game. He's a guy who has a lot of swagger, a lot of moxie. I think the team likes him. If you remember the mic'd up situation last year with Chase Young, he actually went out to Heineke and said, like, this is what Heineke, I love this guy. Like, yeah. people in the locker room seem to love him. He might make this thing special. I got to, I don't know if it's been put up yet onto the site. It is not. Ah, okay. okay. Come on. I got a pretty cool risk-free bet that uh, everybody's going to be able to hit tonight. Risk-free? Okay. Yeah, risk-free. I, I do believe it for everybody. Whoa. Not just first-time users. For everybody, we got risk-free bets. Wow. Yeah, I think so. I'm telling you, that email, my my um, my comfort level is saying, no, nah, no, nah, I think we yeah, should do yeah, this. Do that. Has gotten real hot. <laughs> yeah, okay. It has gotten really hot. And to FanDuel's credit, they're like, yeah, all right, let's do it. And I appreciate and respect that, but I think everybody on earth is getting a uh, risk-free $10 bet tonight that could pay out big. Yeah, call me Patty Parlay. Whoa. That's what they're saying. A little parlay. Uh, maybe. I don't know. I, we'll see if it, I think it's going to get put up here. Okay. Tech is the thing now, you know, because you know, our first year with FanDuel, they were asking me to put in the super boost on what, Monday night or something. Yeah. Like and it's like, hey, a lot of things are about to happen through this. And then they say, Tuesday, hey, we need it by Tuesday, you know, because we have to, you know, build the whole thing. I'm like, okay. And I think by the end of the season, it was like Wednesday or whatever, which is very nice, not for the Thursday night game, but for the Sunday night game. But from Wednesday to Sunday, like, 
A lot happens. Mm. It, a lot happens. So the fact now that I think both tech side on the back end of them, they are okay with like, okay, you can send it over to us uh, day of. And I'm like, cool, thank you. I appreciate that because that helps out a lot with how we're feeling and thinking about things. Not on tonight's game necessarily. I don't think many would change, but through the season, I think we're going to continue to do this thing. I'm pumped for this. And I'm just, I guess we're just a waiting game on whether or not it's live. <laughs> yeah. Son of a bitch. No, I mean, how am I not supposed to just talk about what yeah, it is exactly. right now? I mean, you can give people. A so Fanduel is giving like a ten dollar, uh, ten dollar risk free, uh, same game parlay. Don't put the thing up yet because we don't know. There uh, maybe tonight. If they can't get it up tonight, it will be I think next Thursday or okay. whatever. But this is it's a ten dollar risk free same game parlay because the same game parlay when they brought that into the game it changed. Oh yeah. immediately. Uh huh. So they want to continue. I think I don't want, I don't think they want to take a victory lap on the same game parlay, but I think they do feel good about the fact that the same game parlay is a crowd pleaser, mm -hmm. yeah. and it is a way to win a lot of money. So I think the way we fell on this thing happening was like, let's just give a, let's, let's just let people know what could potentially happen. Yeah. Let's just let people know what it could be, what could happen. $10 could turn into what, 160 what, At least. And, and it's risk-free. Are you kidding? At least 160 So they set up some guidelines. They set up some guardrails. Mm -hmm. Okay, this is what it can be. All right. It can only be up to this plus. It can't go below this. We can't do that. It has to be in here. Mm -hmm. Only this amount of legs. I'm like, all right, you got it. It's, it's actually a pretty cool thing between us and Fandle being like, like, we're trying to beat them. And they are trying to beat us back, though. Like, yeah, let's yeah, not let's absolutely. not get. It is a nice little gamesmanship they got, and the ten dollars risk free same game parlay for everybody, new users or not tonight. I think should be a winner, but you'll be able to see what I think is going to happen tonight, and that is quarterbacks are going to be running tonight. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, even if you you know Jesus. we can't do the risk free, I'm probably just going to put in that as a separate on its own bet. Probably bump that up a little higher than ten bucks just because I feel lock. good about it. Yeah, like for instance, over under on uh, Danny Dimes, I think is like twenty and a half yards or yeah. something tonight to run. He'll do that in one run. Yeah. That is something that Dan does. And by the way, that's a bet that is alive to Ty talked about this earlier. That's a bet that's alive for four quarters. That right. could come from one play. I love the quarterback over on their rush yards. Oh, yeah. RG3 made me so much money and literally blew out his hamstring the next <laughs> yeah. play. Uh -huh. But he got 37 yards on that one. All you need is one play. If you have an athletic quarterback, all you need is one play, one coverage to be completely going another way, one Chase Young chasing mm -hmm. Danny Dimes out of the pocket and him exactly. having to go run. I mean, those those bets have been good to me in the past, so I let off with a couple of those. I, th I do think there's going to be more points than people think. I think there's going to be some uh, some points scored in there. Really? I think so. I don't know. I don't know if that's the right thing, but I do know it started at 46 and a half, and it's all the way down to 40. Yeah. So if you just play the game of, hey, we're trying to beat Sportsbook, we got at least six and a half points in their eyes. Mm -hmm. So I like six. That's a touchdown. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that. Obviously, extra point. But you get it. That That's a big thing. So I think you have to do that if you're just looking at how the line had moved. I feel good about what we're cooking, and I, I hope it can get up in time. Yeah, and with that under Lombo Bombo, talked about it earlier, this Washington football team, everyone was talking about such a great defense, and last week they gave up like 470 yards. So you got to assume they're like, hey, let's tighten it up and let's go get – Dan Jones on Thursday night. Well, uh, we will see. I mean, I hope, I hope Dan Jones actually has a chance to run. You know, well, sure. That. Well, uh, that's the thing, running for his life. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm exactly. hoping. Yeah. I think it, it's almost to our benefit that their line might be kind of dog shit because he is going to be running for his life all night, and he might pick up, you know, 
28 rush yards in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. I, did anybody watch any of this Giants game or this Washington football team? I watched a little bit football. of it. I watched the football yeah. team because the Chargers. I wanted to right. see what the Chargers. I did not watch much of the Giants-Broncos game, and I am sorry that I did not because I think Teddy Bridgewater is awesome. Yeah. I watched a video of Vaughn Miller talking to Teddy Bridgewater after the game, and he was like, I haven't felt like this since 18 was here, man. Your little pep talks you're giving, the little things you're doing, all that shit adds up. That helps a lot. I'm I'm – I mean, the Broncos, all anybody has been saying out of the Broncos camp and Broncos fan base is if we have a quarterback, we're going to be good. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater, did he get kind of bamboozled last year because he didn't get a chance to play with Christian McCaffrey, who made up like 20% of their salary cap down in Carolina? Feels like it. I, you know, maybe, how's Teddy Bridgewater on the Carolina Panthers if you have Christian McCaffrey, one of the most explosive players in the NFL alongside of you, as opposed to being hurt? Probably better, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But obviously, in the building, they felt for whatever reason that Teddy's not the guy. They move along. Teddy... All he did was win with New Orleans. Yep. Last year, and when he was in Minnesota, he was going into MVP conversations yeah. and devastating injury happened. And he bounced around, undefeated in New Orleans. And then we saw what Jameis did, right, uh, one year behind Drew Brees. Yeah. Teddy was behind Drew with Drew for like two, three years or whatever down there. Two years, I think. So, like, just the thought of Teddy leading a team that was, we were told, hey, all they need is quarterback. That's why the Aaron Rodgers conversation was so hot. If Teddy can play good football, that's a great team. Now, will they have enough to be able to withstand the inevitable Kansas City Chiefs flip of the switch? We want to win this fucking game. I guess that's TBD, but they got studs on that team over there. Yeah, their offense is loaded with talent. And, and I mean, to your point about Teddy, like that that was kind of the I guess that's like the knock on him is he's not like super aggressive and he's not gonna, you know, be throwing for three hundred and fifty yards every week, but he doesn't really turn the ball over. And that's kind of what they had with Drew Locke. Like he was gonna throw a couple big time bombs, but they had so many turnovers in situations where it just bit him in the ass. If Teddy plays the way he's capable of and, you know, he's not turning it over, like, they could be a 10-win, 11-win team this year. So maybe we're judging the Giants too hard off of what happened last week. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Maybe Saquon does eat a little bit more. Maybe that Denver Broncos team is everything that everybody was saying about them this offseason. Like, hey, that's a fucking team. Yeah. I do believe the same game parlay is up on FanDuel. Here we go. In Indianapolis, it might, or in Indiana, it might take a little bit NBA. longer. And Pennsylvania. Uh, you might have to exit out of the app and get back in there. $10 risk free, same game parlay. Yeah. All you do got to do is press the button and you just tail us. Nice. Let's go. Now Let's we hit go. this thing. 10 bucks. Win, I think it's 162 for this Woo. particular one. Damn. I think 139, maybe. I forget. We had to dance because they did give us rules. They did give us rules. Yeah. Hey, can't be day. Let's not fucking get out of control. <laughs> yeah. That's basically what FanDuel says. Hey, you need to... Take it easy. If we're going to do this, let's dance a little bit. Here are some rules, and I appreciate that. Uh, we couldn't go above plus 2,000. Had to be between three and four, uh, three and five legs. Uh, couldn't be more than that. Uh, below plus 400. So if, this odds, if these odds change and they get below plus 400, they will refund everybody. We cannot go below plus 400. That would be uh, business suicide. Uh, that right. is what they're saying. Max bet can, uh, for the risk-free same-game parlay, $10. It is refundable, obviously, if we lose. Uh, and then all users are eligible after opt in shout out to FanDuel let's fucking go get this cash over. yeah this is awesome and to what it is uh, you can uh, zoom in on that thing so I get the exact thing over 40 and a half total points Danny Dimes over 20 and a half rushing yards Taylor Heineke over 22 and a half rushing yards and Logan Thomas tight end for Washington over 48 and a half receiving yards I think Heineke favors his tight end mm-hmm. uh, in his first game back I mean your tight end is normally the guy I think he was the second behind Terry McLaurin last 48 and a half yards sounds like something that's going to happen and also with the incredible secondary for um, for the Giants right now. They revamped the secondary. The 
tight ends are going to be on linebacker. Like, I just feel like this is going to be something that's going to happen. I feel good about this parlay. Very good. Hey, let's go get this money. Here we go. Especially Logan Thomas. You got to assume that they're just going to be focused on Terry McLaurin, especially after that ridiculous catch last week against the Chargers. That was insane. He's so good. So let's focus on him. Let's let Logan Thomas eat. And by the way, Terry McLaurin has known he's been good since the beginning. Remember out of nowhere, he said, I want to speak to the team or whatever, not a captain. I think Mm -hmm. he was a rookie. And Ron Rivera, I think, was like, yeah, fuck. Go ahead and do what you got to do. And like the team reacted. Team yeah. responded yeah. as opposed to a uh, shut up or whatever. So they got great young leadership over there. But maybe the Giants got you know beat by a great team last year, last week True. in the Denver Broncos. Who knows? Excited for it. Ten dollar risk free same game parlay. You can win a hundred and some bucks. Let's go. Let's take advantage yeah. of all that. I want to let you know we are battling with Fanduel behind the scenes though, and they're on board. They like to fight. Mm-hmm. They like to be in it, and I appreciate the hell out of them. Now it is time. What's what's which buffer is that? Bruce. Bruce. It is what he did that at the Vegas. And uh, right? It's time. That doesn't feel like. Um, oh, the it's is really drawn out. It's time. That's crazy because his brother, you know, has the let's get ready to uh, uh, fight or whatever. Right. Yeah, exactly. They, uh-huh. And they, they paid for that to be used in something the other day. I saw him kicking off maybe the NFL seat. He was, really? I think so. I think With he the did, Las Vegas? Yeah, I think... He, no, that was the other one. Oh. The, the other one did it, I think, in Los Angeles, maybe? Oh. Uh, oh, Sunday Night Football. I think so, yeah. I, I think it was maybe in Sunday Night Football. I don't know. I seen both buffers this weekend, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, it is time. I think we should, I mean... I think that he's on. Zito, he's on, yeah? Oh, yeah. Okay. It, 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 hey, first-time guest. Let's get to this. Wow, Ladies go. and gentlemen, joining us right now is a man who's been in the NFL for 11 years. Whew. We have talked about this ad nauseum. Maybe the most unlucky, successful quarterback in the NFL's history. Yeah. Obviously started in Baltimore, got a Super Bowl ring, one up to Buffalo. Takes them to the goddamn playoffs. They say, get out of town. Goes to Cleveland. He does well there. Gets hurt. Baker, get the hell out of town. Goes to the Chargers. 15 minutes before a game starts, get the hell out of town, they tell him. He found a home in Houston. He is the starting quarterback for the undefeated Houston Texans team out of Virginia Tech. Ladies and gentlemen, Tyrod Taylor. Yeah! Yeah! What's up, man? What's going on? Hey, when I say all those things, have you ever heard us say that? And you obviously can't look at it that way because you probably got to be mostly optimistic about everything, but... Like, you, your career is insane. Do you think about that? Do you talk about that with anybody, or will you just look back on um, it whenever you're done? I talk about it with, uh, with my family, my agent. We talked about it every offseason. Um, I think that's just like a time to reflect. But, yeah, I don't, I don't, let, it, I don't let it get me down. Um, if anything, I let it motivate me. Yeah, I mean, you took the Buffalo Bills to the playoffs for the first time in forever, and they literally said, hey, we appreciate you. Okay, we really do appreciate that. We've stunk for a long time, but... Yeah, go ahead and get the hell out of here. (laughs) We're actually going to send you out of there. And then you have success, and then Baker obviously comes in. And then in the Chargers situation, that's just – I mean, I guess it could happen anytime they give those types of shots for it to happen to you. And then now for you to get to Houston with Coach Dave and everything that's built. Is that a bunker mentality down there? Because it seemed like from the outside all hell was breaking loose. And then we get a chance to watch you guys perform against the Jags. Team looked unbelievable. Team looked good. What has it been like down there? Has it just been trying to eliminate the noise and build what you have? have um yeah i would say that's exactly what it's been um guys have definitely done a good job of just like you said eliminating the noise outside in um coach cuddy done a good job a great job of just letting us know from day one that uh we have everything we need in our locker room and that it's just going to depend on us 
um, how the outcome shapes. <clears throat> we put in the work, and we have a bunch of guys playing with a lot of chips on their shoulders, um, coming from different situations, um, having redemption years. Uh, just a lot of guys that are excited to play with one another, but also a lot to prove. So um, when you when we take the field on Sundays, obviously we play with that chip on our shoulders. Uh, but it's just about us going out and, and, and having fun, more importantly. I think we saw in Hard Knocks, you're obviously first guy in, last guy out. Watch so much film. You're always prepared. You had Danny M. and Dola in there. You got that incredible backfield. It seems like your running back position is absolutely loaded. Whenever you started looking at this roster and when you get into training camp, and obviously Danny's very recent, but was it kind of exciting for you to be like, hey, this is going to be my team, it feels like. This is a good team. It's a it's an underestimated team, an underappreciated team, and it's going to be like my team. That had to feel pretty good, right, coming into the year? For sure. I uh, definitely was excited um, just coming into the training camp. Uh, obviously, spending some time with those guys in the spring, um, seeing the type of talent that they have, always they'd admired a guy like Brandon Cooks from afar. I never got a chance to play with him, obviously. Um, and guys like Mark Ingram, who I played against in college, and even Philip Minsley, the last two years of the Chargers playing against uh, Denver twice a year, um, David Johnson, all those guys, uh, Rex. I can keep naming. Um, I've always had respect um, for those guys from afar, but getting a chance to play with them and, and seeing those guys work, um, it just excites you even more. And going to continue to keep building the offense around those guys and allowing those guys to make plays. Did Urban Meyer come up to you after the game and thank you for retiring him from college football? <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not speak to Coach Meyer, but best of luck um, to him for the rest of the year. Uh I'm sorry, that literally, the guy coached one game. You guys beat the hell out of him. Everybody's like, he's out of here. Yeah. He's going right back to college football. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, what have you, because obviously you were with uh, Joe there early in Baltimore, and then you go to Buffalo, you go to Cleveland, you go to the Chargers, you end up in Houston. Like, What do you take away from those places? Was there, was there things you learned from everybody? Was there one particular thing that you think made you a much better quarterback than it did beforehand? Can you look back on any moments in any of these other franchises where you're like, that was a massive moment in a, in a huge break? Breakthrough for me as a QB. Yeah, um, I think I could kind of take stuff from each uh, each organization. Honestly, I, I want to say early on, obviously I learned from Joe, but it was also a lot of leadership that I learned from uh, within that locker room. Walking into the locker room with guys like Ray Lewis, uh, Ed Reed, Suggs, Anquan Bowden, um, the list goes on. Um, just to watch those guys, how they went about their work day to day, just the professionalism that they had. Definitely learned a lot from them then. Um, like I said, alongside playing with Joe and watching him work as well and then getting the opportunity in Buffalo, I think that kind of helped me go into that opportunity with the right frame of mind and uh, knowing how to attack that situation. Um, learned from a lot. Learned a lot from those guys there too. And even uh, to stop with the Chargers, being able to spend some time with Phillip, um, understanding how he prepares for games, um, how he attacks defenses just to pick his brain on different things. Um, like I said, I was grateful and thankful to be able to learn um, a lot from those guys along the way, also while molding and shaping my own game. Yeah, and I, I think, by the way, 11 years in the NFL quarterback is – you don't just fall there. You're a hell of a fucking football player. I didn't mean that as like, did somebody make you better? But that in your journey with all the different stops, you feel like there has to be something. So it's nice to hear you give a lot of credit to everywhere. Um, and we, you don't have to answer this, uh, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about it. When they stuck that 
uh, golf tee into your lung 15 minutes before the game. Uh, did you? Oh, yeah. Keep a straight face. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you think? Yeah, okay. Did you think about getting loud? Because you handled that very professionally. And I think a lot of people around the NFL, quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks around the NFL are like, how did this happen? How does this happen? You've just always seemed to handle things like incredibly like team-oriented, team first. Have you always been that way? Because that could have became a big fucking deal, obviously. We were all very surprised by that whole thing. Yeah, um, I've just always been taught to, to handle things with class. I mean, obviously, um, it was, a, I guess you could say, an accident to happen. Um, definitely unexpected, but it was nothing that I could do at, nothing I could do at that point. Um, my main focus was getting back healthy, um, and it was it was a lot for the return to play uh, when it comes to that situation. I couldn't travel for a good amount of time, um, but like I said, my focus has just shifted, um, and I didn't want to – be, I guess, just the, the odd person in the locker room, a person bringing negativity. I uh, just wanted to stay positive through it all and looking forward to for a situation that I had here, opportunity that I have here. It seems like you're the perfect guy to end up in Houston, by the way, yeah. with everything that's going on. And, and I know probably outside the building, everybody's thinking like, hey, this place is, seems like it's burning down from within. And then you show up and it's like, hey, I've been through some shit. Coach Dave, you had no idea what you were getting into when you got here. Coach uh, Nick Casario, how's it going? Let's kind of do this thing. That It has been beautiful to watch at least that first game against Jacksonville. I guess you're going to have to continue to build on that. Let's take it easy on the Colts, though, Tyrod. When are you going to play the Indianapolis Colts? Let's go ahead and take the foot off the throttle a little bit. Let's go ahead and coast home. Let's go ahead and lose those games, Tyrod. One week at a time. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Uh, a couple of the boys have some questions. Tyrod, I hope you're okay with that. Go ahead, Ty. Tyrod, going off what Pat just said, you're obviously uh, you're a pretty soft-spoken guy. I, I don't know. like We don't really hear any like major you know sound bites from you or anything like that. But when you get to Houston and J.J. Watt's gone, like did you kind of notice that there was just like a leadership vacuum there that, that you were going to need to – to fill and obviously you know outside of being a quarterback you're a vet you've been there a long time like was that something you felt like you needed to do right when you got there absolutely i want to say we signed 33 free agents this past uh off season <laughs> whenever whenever you get a situation like that you definitely have a um a vacated uh spot for, for leadership and guys have to step up obviously lead in their own ways and um i mean with the quarterback position that comes with it and uh, i mean i welcome that role i mean when i go back and think about the teams or the organizations I've been with before. Um, obviously, the Buffalo situation was definitely an opportunity where I had to lead and be more vocal, but I also even say just the Cleveland uh, year that I spent there, because the locker room was so was so young, um, regardless of what had happened to me, I still had to find ways to lead because um, kind of molding and shaping those guys obviously to be the best for their team, but also having an impact on them for the rest of their careers as well too. Every- so, I mean, when you walk into a situation like this, year 11, Naturally, people gravitate to the people with experience, and they they look for they look forward to you sharing your knowledge with them and leading. I I, saw, I apologize for interrupting an incredible line right there, but everybody that has ever played in the locker room with you loves you, and that for me that is like a massive. That's hey, if I want to hear somebody's opinion, okay, I'd like to hear what their teammates thought of them first, and then if they're liked in there, okay, I'd like to hear. You know, like for me, I think as somebody who's been in the locker room, that is one of the things I look for. Like first. I have not heard a single human ever say anything bad about Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod. Oh, there's an entire, I just got literally texted from Zito and said, hey, you're pronouncing his name wrong, I think. And we, didn't, we didn't want to be disrespectful, but no, no, no. that was a whole scene. Uh-huh. On, 
my mom had to clear it up this past weekend. She was out here for the game. She said, look, stop. It's enough with the Tyrod. Tyrod, we're going with Tyrod. Tyrod, we have one more question. We appreciate you. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Tyrod, I actually have a shirt on right now that says, I'm a big Jack Easterby guy. Uh, how is he around the building? Does he assist you with any game plan or tips on how to attack a defense, or is he just kind of more of a uh, motivator out there? Uh, he's great in the building. Um, I would say more of the more of a motivational side. Um, I mean, whatever you, we need, Jack Flory is there. Um, he helps the guys in tremendous ways. Um, but as far as the game plan, that's up to uh, – we work directly with Tim, uh, TK and Pep and the rest of the office and stuff. Pep Hamilton's down there. I completely forgot about that. What a legend that guy is, dude. Yeah, Pep, good man. I was with him last year with the Chargers as well, too. So that's it was, it's good to see him back around. And, I mean, obviously, I like him as a coach, so. He said a couple things that have been completely out of pocket to me. He, he said he could beat me in a race. Whoa. Yeah, and let him know. Even he, with, still thinks, he still thinks he's like his, his, his college self. He does. Thank you. I'm happy I'm not the only one that thought this. He, he came up to me this one day. He always has fresh shoes, by the Ooh. way. Like, very clean shoe game. And he's a very cool guy to talk to. And I made, like, a tackle, I think, or something. And he congratulated me. And he said, I'm 100% certain now that I'm faster than you or whatever. And he walked away. I'm like, oh, you need to go to hell. All right, Pep, you need to relax. That guy's a good guy to have in a building. I completely forgot about him. Please tell him we said hello. Thank you so much for your time. Continue to crush it. And we enjoy watching your career from afar, man. It's been awesome. Oh, yeah, no problem. Thank you. Hey, uh, West Virginia's got Virginia Tech this weekend. 20, yeah? Yeah, Hokies with the W for sure. Okay, you want to bet 20 or what? You, you, you want to, yep. Let's do push-ups on spot. So when I see you again, we could just I get 10, and then the next time I see you, all right. 10. All right, so, all right, so 20 public push-ups. Yep. Okay, dope. All right, appreciate you. Ladies and gentlemen, undefeated quarterback for the Houston Texans, Ty Rod Taylor. Yeah! yeah! Thank you, man. All right. Those public push-ups are incredible. Oh, yeah. Didn't that happen in Japan? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike Adams almost got ran over by a car in Japan. <laughs> he didn't finish his three public push-ups. I mean, because you keep them as a full 20. Mm -hmm. You know, so, hey, I need you to do four right now. It's like, nah, nah, nah yeah, 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 right now. Got four. <laughs> and then, by the way, you're holding 16 over their head for the rest of the time. Ooh. 20's a lot, by the way. I think 10 is normally the go-to. 20 bucks, though, is just normally like the college sure. yeah. give and take. So, instead, I kind of got... You know, because I don't know much about this West Virginia team, to be honest. And oh, I did wow. see Virginia Tech beat the shit out of North Carolina. Yeah. yeah. Where's that? It's in Blacksburg. I think yeah. so. Oh, oh boy. I think they're entering. Oh, boy, you should ask for uh -oh. some points. Yeah. Hey, what's up, mate? It's in West Virginia? It's in Morgantown Cup. There we go. Oh, okay. Okay. okay, no big deal. Let's go. Country roads, take me home to the place I belong. We're going to need John Denver and that crowd to do well this weekend. Yeah, I think that time. Virginia Tech team potentially is better than our team right now. And uh, West Virginia boys are going to get hot at some point, but I'm probably going to be doing 20 push-ups if I had to guess. Oh. Tyrod's a good guy. Yeah, oh, yeah. Awesome. He and I have been around each other at a couple events. That many free agents almost helps him out because everyone's coming in like, hey, everyone thinks we're going to stink. Let's just get it. Let's just go do and, anything. And this is our guy. Yeah. This is our quarterback. Yeah. So there's no real 
carry over from anybody else. You know, the mm -hmm. Deshaun Watson situation is one that is very serious and very massive, but also could be a huge distraction. If that was his entire locker room, he was the guy. Right. You got a bunch of new people have come in in the middle of that whole thing, and it's like, hey, Tyrod's going to be the guy. Here we go. Coach Davian said Tyrod Taylor's our quarterback. This is how it's going to be. So those 33 free agents only know the team is Tyrod Taylor's team. Yeah. That must help out for everything in there. And that's something we have not talked about or thought about, really, because there's really been no information coming out of the Houston Texans organization at all. I'm very thankful they allowed us to talk to Tyrod Taylor. Very thankful for Tyrod Taylor. And good luck to the Texans. Now, lose against Colts for sure, but good luck to the Texans. When you look at their offensive line, like, it's great. Him, they have a lot of experience at receiver and running back. Like, they're... It, it, wouldn't be crazy to think like their offense should be very solid this year. And I don't want to say that we were a part of it, but we were a part of the loudness of like, this Texans team might be burning the whole thing. Down. They might stink. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think the expectations around some people in Houston, there's obviously diehard Texans fans, and I've been nothing but complimentary of the Texans fans. Every time we played down there, it was the loudest building we were in. But I think a lot of Texans fans were even at the point like, hey, let's just stink this year and get yeah. a good pick and let's move forward. And then you get Tyrod in there. You get Coach Colley in there. You get Nick Casario in there. And Jack Eastby's like, hey, we don't lose down here, not, <laughs> not in the third largest city in America. I mean, they are going to go after it. I, I love that guy. Yeah. I'm happy as hell for him. I'm very thankful he came on the show, man, because there's been a lot of comments. Obviously, you're wearing a shirt. Uh, I mean, I love the guy. I'm a Jack Easterby guy. What do you mean? So am I. Yeah. But there's a chance some people could think that we're potentially, you know, not because we're saying so loudly that we are. Oh, no. We put nah, the bat for Coach Dave, too. Uh-huh. That place was on fire when they all showed up. The fact that they've been able to mold that team. True bunker mentality. Actual huge props to Tyrod for being able to do that. That You heard Chuck say this the other day. GM, owner, head coach, and then he quarterback. Mm -hmm. Right. If you have those four on the same page, and who knows what's going on with McNair and Easterby. From outside, it sounds loud, but inside, it might be very quiet. And then you look at GM Casario's coming in there. He's even like on the field and, yeah. and like helping out. Coach Dave Cauley, and then Tyrod seems to be the perfect guy for that situation. Hey, I've been through it. Okay, literally golf tee in the, in the yeah. long last year. I got sent out of a town I took to the playoffs for the first time in like 10 years. I mean, there's a lot. It's almost like, do they have the perfect thing? I don't know if they're going to win the Super Bowl. Okay, it's going to be very difficult to do that. In the AFC South, though, I mean, they are in the lead. Yeah. And who knows what's going to happen this year inevitably. But what if they surprise some folks and end up, you know, nine wins, eight wins, okay, ten so wins? I think even if they win, like, six, six or seven games, not. people will be like, oh, shit, they outperformed what anyone expected of that them. That expectation for them was Solo. low. It was so. them and the Eagles. Yes. Yeah. And then first week. Eagles Lions, beat the well, and the Lions, of course, and, Lions. and the Jaguars. I think are always in the Jets, you know. <laughs> yeah. But but those two, the Philadelphia building was burning. Yep, and the Houston building was burning. And we're like, oh, look at these two teams; they're going to stink. Go to Atlanta, blow them out. Almost send Urban Meyer into retirement conversations. Starting, yeah. I mean, that's insanity. I can't wait to see how it plays out. Long season left, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know. Long season left, but I believe in that guy. I like that guy. Yeah. And I don't want to be doing 20 push-ups, so let's fucking go, Mountaineers, huh? Yes. Here we go. Hey, let's run the ball pretty well out there. Here we go. Come on, hey, Neil. let's trust Klein. Let's go, Mountaineers. What? I don't know anything about that team. We lost, obviously, the first game. Yeah. Can't be losing to Maryland, but Tongue of the Low was unconscious there towards the end. Yeah. But then we beat some D2 school by like 70 or something. Here we go. Here we go. Tune up game. Did we take the top off the bucket? Feels like it. Feels like it. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. We're going to go to a game that Tyrod's playing. Have to. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be warm-ups. <laughs> Five of them. <laughs> right Five. now. Right now. 
<laughs> Come on. Ah, all right, four, four, right now. Now. Right now. That'd be all. Oh, we got to go to the Colts, Texans. Yeah. yeah. If the. Now, if Virginia Tech wins, we don't go to any events at Tyrod. <laughs> Never. Now, now, he will be able to hold those over my head for the rest of our lives if we were to ever encounter each other or whatever. But we need to see him immediately upon winning that. Yeah. If you're able to get in his headphones, like when he's like going up to this. <laughs> hey, hey but right now. Imagine me bringing in a, hey, he's on his sideline. Yeah. Need two. Do him. Need two right now. Because you can literally, we could piece those out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it was. I don't know who's the biggest asshole. I think Dequel Jackson was the biggest asshole I've ever seen with him. He was doing like one at a time. Oh, oh man. Yeah. That's the so worst. So you got to get all the way down, get your hands on the ground, do mm -hmm. one, and then it's like, all right, still got nine more. See you next uh -huh. year. See, you got nine more <laughs> yeah. of those. I forget if it was him or Pops. It was the first time I experienced it. It was in Japan. I'm like, this is brilliant. Like, this is what we should have been doing all along instead of betting money we definitely didn't have. Yeah. You know what I mean? We should have been betting push-ups since we were kids. Almost. Yes. Probably would have helped out my chest, too. <laughs> Maybe I am linebacker in the NFL, you know? Yeah. We're doing that. Let's get better, not get worse. Let's fucking beat the Hokies this weekend. Hell yeah. In Morgantown, obviously. The Blue Lot's going to be going bananas. Uh, mm -hmm. Bumping. That's what's going on, right? Blue Lot? Yeah, Gold Lot's up there at uh, PNC Park. Ah. That's where I congratulated the lady for the baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, that true. she was going to have. And? After we had been drinking for five hours. <laughs> mm -hmm. Unfortunately. <laughs> It's a beer baby. It's not a human. It's not a human baby. I didn't even go to the game. I just left. I felt yeah, so yeah. bad. Well, yeah, Might as well. Here's yeah. my ticket. Anytime you really, and I'm, I think I'm more proficient at this than most. If I do something stupid around somebody, I will save us both. Yeah, I will save just, us both. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to get out of here and probably never talk. We'll probably never. Say, I'm mm -hmm. surprised you didn't take the first thing smoking out of town that night. I, I probably just get did. Out of there. I probably, <laughs> I probably did go right back to Morgantown. I was like, all right. Time to go back to West Virginia. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe back to Indianapolis. I forget when it could have been, but that was an uncomfortable moment for sure. I mean, I was friends with her husband, boyfriend. Oh, there you go. He had to act mad too, you know. Oh, like really? it, was, it got real uncomfortable. And it was I was legitimately we were playing flip cup four hours ago. Mm. She was right next to me. She was great. She could have had water in the cup. I thought we were nah, I mean, I was feeling yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. I was a terrible guy. I was a bad. I, listen, I admit my mistakes. Hand up. And as soon as it happened, I said, "Oh my oh, god, no. what have I done?" Oh my god. <laughs> and then I was like, kind of, you know, nobody even had to tell me, but I think Nick walked over and was like, "You're getting out of here." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I have to. <laughs> yeah. I have to. I, I do believe I have to get out of here right now." And it was the right call. But what I'm saying is. Those push-ups could have really changed a lot of things. That's right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Go Mountaineers. Go Mountaineers, dude. Hey, get go Mountaineers! Hey, guys changed there. Yeah, well, how the cold. hell? It got cold in here. I just slipped this on. Yeah, down. absolutely. Oh, Everybody right. in the back as well. It's crazy. Let's Fair. go Mountaineers, dude. Let's, Let's go Come on. Hey. This is a weekend for them. Hey, that. I'll tell you, that um, That parking lot was one of the most uncomfortable moments of my life. Yeah, I don't yeah, doubt I can it. imagine. And use, use my mistake as your learning lesson. You know what I mean? Like... Just don't do it. Just not the right thing to do. I, I may or may not have been a little bit intoxicated when I did it, so yeah. it wasn't a sound mind, you know, that yeah. was talking there. Sure. No harm, no foul. I fucking love Tyrod Taylor. He's the man. He's a beast. Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes, 
Let's not come too quick. Oh, oh here we go. That is not what they had in their copy. Okay. Should <laughs> That was, I think they're going in a different direction, so let's go back a sentence or two. Okay, okay. When you, when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Ha! Huh. Last a long time. Banging up, banging up, banging up. Yeah, it's Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. Boom, That's right. dingers. Downtown. Bingo. David Population, you, dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. Ooh. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the yeah, medication. Free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. Cool. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. <laughs> Joining us right now... Two-time, two-time Super Bowl champion, youngest coach to ever do so. Ladies and gentlemen, the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Coach Mike Tomlin. Yeah! Oh, man. Pat, it's an honor to be on with you, man. Thanks for having me. No, the honor is all mine. I am so thankful. I know you're not normally into doing stuff like this, so I can't thank you for taking time out of your beautiful Thursday and chit-chatting with us. Let's get right into it. You're a legend. Thank you for putting me through my workout and having the scouts actually come watch me kick at West Virginia. I don't think I've ever fully thanked you for that moment, Coach. No, man. I, I, I've drank the, the McAfee Kool-Aid for a long time. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, it's cool to be on here, man. It's cool to watch you transition in life, man. And the success you're having with this, man. I'm honored to be here. Okay, well, let's get right to it. I am thankful that you have done everything for me that you've done. And saying those nice things is obviously nice. And A.J. Hawk over there, he tries to tear down the program every single goddamn day, Coach. So uh, hopefully he won't do that now. Let's get to it. The quote that I was most interested about from you is talking to the rookies. Because you had, I think, the second most amount of rookies starting this past weekend. I believe the Jets and some other team. And you guys were the only one to win. And you were talking about the experience in college football versus in the NFL and how College has loud environments, but in the NFL, it is different. What is the place that you think made you realize, like, hey, being in the NFL is different than college because these fans are vicious. These fans are, are mean. They're rooting against you as opposed to in college when they're rooting for you. What really made you feel like that? And how long have you been describing the fans to rookies that way? You know, really, it's rather recent for me. I have two boys that are playing college football. My oldest boy at the University of Maryland, my youngest boy at Columbia, and, and, and so very rarely do I get a chance to watch ball as a spectator. But I have, you know, being a dad and supporting them. And that's really the first time it struck me. Um, a college environment, although you go to, you know, you go to Penn State, you're playing in front of 100 plus thousand, man, they come to root for Penn State as opposed to rooting against Maryland. You know, yeah. um, you step into Baltimore to play the Ravens, man, they're rooting against you. Um, <laughs> it, it's just... <laughs> 
it's just a it's a different feel and, and really just you know supporting my kids and going to games as a dad it struck me so it's more recent I haven't been saying that for a long time it was funny I was talking to Pat our rookie tight end from Penn State man and he felt it in Buffalo on Sunday and he confirmed it he was like coach just the general attitude as the buses ride up is a little bit different oh, that's awesome Hey, Coach, this year with, with fans back in the stands, obviously there's only, we're only through one week. Like, Did you have to, like I guess, warn some of your young guys maybe that played last year without a crowd? Okay, this is going to be a little bit different? There's no question, man. You know, there's some guys that's played significant ball around here for us, like Chase Claypool. You know, that was the first time he's ever been in a, in a really hostile environment. And so it was, it was new for him uh, as well. And he's probably the second-year guy that I probably spent more time talking to it about it than others. More than anything – just as a coach, man, when you're leaning on young guys, uh, you help them perform to expectations by preparing them for some of the adversity and stuff that the environment presents. And we knew going into Buffalo what we were getting. Those of us has been in this thing for a while. We'll chit-chat about the offense and a little bit in Chase Claypool as well because, I mean, he made a massive moss. I mean, that was a hell of a play, and I, I assume he's only going to continue to do that. But your defense is the topic of conversation because now with all the analytical shit that's all over the Internet, we learn everything about every decision that you guys make now. And they can paint the narrative, however. You guys didn't blitz at all. And Pittsburgh is known as a blitzing defense. I mean, it always has been, always since Lambo. I mean, it was, a, it was something you're known for. Is that just because of how good your defensive line is? Is this something that you, you obviously you can't give anything away, but yeah. is that why you made that decision? And do you think that affected Josh Allen and the boys who had to be expecting pressure all day? Hey, we embrace that Blitzburg reputation. Uh, we, we try to live it out every Sunday. That's something that we embrace. We don't shy away from that. We want to play attacking defense, uh, but we wanted to win that game as well. And so from time to time, man, we're willing to stray away from our, our personality, if you will, in an effort to do so. I think that Josh Allen and company probably wanted us to blitz, and so we chose not to. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, AJ. So I guess when, when you look at your offense and, and Big Ben and the offseason you had and everything, is he, I guess, throughout camp and through week one, is he where you thought he would be? He is, man. He's physically in good shape. Uh, you know how it is, man. The second year off of an injury, you're really back to yourself. And so, you know, he had an offseason. And so he's he's doing really good physically. But more than that, I think he's just having fun playing football, man. I think he's enjoying the mentorship that comes with his job. You know what I mean? He's looking at four young people in that huddle um, and others that are new to us. So, you know, I think that's a fun challenge for him. At least, you know, his actions show that they are. I think a lot of the older guys, they get to the point where, you know, when you're young and you're you're going to play for a long time, normally that's expected as you come in the league. Then business jades some things. You get a little bit. You're either banged up. And then as you get towards the end, I think you start seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. You start enjoying every meeting, every practice. You start you stop taking it for granted as you once did. I think that happens with a lot of older guys. But the locker room culture changed completely when I was in the league, from when I was a rookie to when I was done. And I retired after the 2016 season. Now it's even more different, I would assume, from when you came into Pittsburgh and everything like that. The dancing on the logo, the TikTok, everything like that that you guys have had to experience. What is your messaging in there? How do you adapt and let players be themselves without, you know, doing too much? Because that is a fine balance that you've been able to do, I think, in an incredible job with throughout your entire time in Pittsburgh. I think for me, more than anything, I try to stay connected, you know, um, just getting a sense of where these guys are coming from, what's in vogue for their generation, what captures their attention, how do they learn, how do they communicate, how do they interact with each other formally, 
and informally. And I think being a parent kind of helps me. You know, my boys are 19 and 20, so it's not much difference between them and some of the younger guys that I deal with here. And so for me, it's just about gaining an understanding, working to stay connected. You know, I'm not a big social media guy, but I got involved in Twitter and, and that stuff a couple years ago because I just wanted to get a feel for it. I just wanted to know. I just wanted to get a sense what what moves them. And so, you know, that's my general attitude, man. It's adapt or die for me. And, and I want to. I don't want to be one of them old crusty guys, man. Just that just refuses to adapt. Although I am one of those old crusty guys now. Yeah, you are old as shit now. You know what I mean? I mean, you've been around a long time. I remember back in the day, whenever you showed up, there was a lot more, you know, to the camera. There was a lot more. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of that. Now you're just old ass man now, huh? You know how it is. Years in this business will scar you, man. It'll settle you down. <laughs> that is classic. <laughs> um, whenever you talk about like the new generation, and you have four new guys or four young guys at wide receiver. Every year it feels like if you guys don't win a Super Bowl with the expectations you have set for yourself, the standard is the standard, right? You guys have done. There's always loud noise around you, the job you're doing, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, it, it always happens if you guys don't win a Super Bowl. Last year it happened after starting 11-0, and early exit to Cleveland. It just everybody starts talking. You hire from the offense coordinator from within. How hard is it? to keep the outside noise out of any decisions and just stay the course. I think you've maybe been the most consistent, and the Steelers have been the most consistent franchise in the NFL. No big sways or anything like that. How do you do that, and how do you not you know, get to the point where you're like, oh, we need to do this, we need to do this? How, what is it about the Steelers organization that you guys kind of keep some consistency and don't really go off the rails much? You know, just the consistent, steady leadership, man, that we have from the Rooney fam family. You know, this organization, man, has been under that leadership for generations. And so, you know, they have experience that money can't buy, man. Um, you know, they've grown up in this business. And that steadiness of leadership kind of filters down to all of us, man. I, I hear the noise, but I don't. Um, you know, it motivates me. It, it doesn't move me in a negative way. Um, I embrace it in that way, man, because I appreciate the fact that people care. And I try to relay that to our players, man, so that we wear it in the right way and we utilize it as fuel. I, I think I think that's the that's the thing here. But make no mistake, all of that is possible because of how steady Art Rooney is uh, in the midst of adversity. Do you think other like other people and their fan bases have any idea on how important it is to have that stable front office? Like when I look at the Steelers, you think, oh, hey, first class through and through, top to bottom, it trickles down. Like, every job's not made the same. Like I, I try to tell people that every head coaching gig is different. Like, how valuable is it to have a steady front office like that? Hey, I don't think fans care at all. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I just think they want to win. And, and I appreciate that about fans. That's just our mode of operation. That's our business model. It works for us. We're married to it. We believe in it to the core. And so that's why it's good. But from a fan perspective, man, fans don't care, man. They, they, they want to see somebody out there kicking butt, and I like that and respect that, and I'm always sensitive to that. Uh, big Steeler fan Nick Moraldo from Plumborough. You know where the ballers ball and the players play. Nick, go ahead, pal. Coach, you talked about consistency, and we heard from Coach Coward down there at a Hall of Fame game, uh, a legendary Yinzer tale about when he left the position and you took over, he left a can of Iron City in the fridge. Is that can still there? And if it is, and you need a luxury room, I'll be out the game this week. I'll be happy that, to take that, it over. Yeah, well, you drank hey. a beer from Coward. That's nice. Two cans uh, of Icy oh, Light. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> left. And, um, man, I just, what a gesture. You know what I mean? Um, 
some of my best friends in college were Pittsburgh boys, um, Mount Lebanon, Upper St. Clair type guys. And so I know what I see light is and what that means. And so even not being from here, um, I, I really appreciated that. And, and what a gesture. So I decided that I would, I'd never drink it and I'd leave it for the next man. Now at the time, I didn't realize, I didn't envision that those cans would be 15 years old and still <laughs> sitting there. Um, and so it's kind of a ceremonial thing now, but uh, those are my intentions, man. I just, what a gesture. I appreciated the support I got from him, man. I've appreciated the support that I've gotten from him over the years, man. It's just a cool, real small fraternity. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers head coaches, man. It's a it's a two-man uh, deal at this point, man. And, uh, and I just appreciate my big bro in BC. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, those beers are going to be terrible. All right. Ooh. I'm just assuming <laughs> that whoever you hand those to, if they're a booze hound, they might drink those and puke on their first day on the job. <laughs> but, I mean, you got to do what you got to do there. And whenever you talk about the fraternity of coaches for the Steelers being small and everybody else hoping to have that, it feels like the Steelers organization, it might be because I'm from Pittsburgh and I see it more, but every time we talk to anybody, whether it's, uh, you know, Kiesel or uh, even Debo got in on the action and conversation where there might have been a couple years where that wasn't the case it feels like pittsburgh the steelers organization is like a college you know it feels like the ogs like ryan clark ike taylor and troy and everybody why is that is that because of ownership and how do you continue to build that culture with new players coming in and everything like that in the new generation of the world it's not like that everywhere at all you know i i think it starts it starts with stability um it's easy for those guys to feel welcome man the guy that coached him is still still sitting here with the whistle around his neck man when those guys come to town for weekends or what have you, man, I am glad to see them on a personal level. And I think that aids in the connection. And I think that's what makes it, you know, like a university football team, if you will. Man, they're Steelers and Steelers for life. And, and they come back, man, they're going to see familiar faces, people that are, that are glad to see them. My assistant head coach, man, John Mitchell, has been here since the 90s. Um, it's just a real cool thing, man. That's, again, um, it might not be valuable to all but we see the value in it it's something that we hang our hat on i take pride in it you know it's funny you're talking about bc it was at the hall of fame game he came down on the sideline and i let him make a couple of defensive calls <laughs> and, and he marveled at the fact that i still named the defenses some of the names that that they had when i got here and and i do that out of respect for the tradition that is the pittsburgh steelers you know when we're bringing both outside linebackers, man, we call it dog rush. And so it doesn't matter if it's Kevin Green and Greg Lloyd. It doesn't matter if it's James Harrison or Lamar Woodley or now today Alex Highsmith and T.J. Watt. Uh, that's something that they all share. They all love dog rush. They know what dog rush means. And that's just some of the little things that we do here in Pittsburgh, man, to kind of capture the stuff that you can't measure to have that feel that you speak of that's amazing because by the way then they can share stories in the room of oh we yes. were in this so yeah i mean that is just something that is just those moments are priceless you know one of my favorite moments uh with you is uh when you would tell me every um warm-up uh, i'm gonna get you back to pittsburgh when you're old and cheap uh what what does yes. that mean <laughs> what, what did that mean and uh should that have been taken as a smack in the mouth like i uh <laughs> whenever you said that to me no, man, it was a tip of the cap, man. There's okay. certain guys Good. around this league that I'm really interested in, but I know I cannot afford. And, <laughs> and, and you were one of them. So I was going to wait for you to physically deteriorate a little bit until <laughs> you came back into my wheelhouse. Uh, oh, my God. Hey, after <laughs> – yeah, go ahead. 
One of my favorite moments, man, you hit that pass on us, man, in Indy that day, and you hit the Conor McGregor walk on us, man. That was, <laughs> was a classic McAfee moment. Well, and also classic Tomlin moment, as I'm jogging out to kick the kickoff, and I don't know how much Steelers fans or Steelers players are going to like this, I saw you in DHB, Darius Hayward Bay, walking down the sideline staring at me, and I was like, man, I appreciate that. All right, I appreciate that. Wish you would have let us, you know, maybe get back in the game a little closer so that I can talk about the game more often. We lost by like 70. All right, I mean, that's not that's not great, but um, I really appreciate everything you've done for me. And there's also another person that's normally with us on a daily basis, and he is the biggest Steelers fan we know. He has to be in a sanctuary in seclusion because he had a couple close contacts, and we can't. Hey, we can't be losing the fucking roster right now. No. You know what I mean? Can't have no it. No doubt. So uh, he recorded a question uh, for you, and I can't wait to hear your answer after it. Awesome, Coach T. First and foremost, from me and all Yenzers. I just want to thank you for everything that you've done for Pittsburgh on and off the field for the last 15 years. You have no idea how much happiness that you have brought us, and I can't thank you enough for that. Now, to the question. We love, and we talk about on this show, how much we love when a team takes on the identity of the city. People have said in in the past few years or whatever, sometimes the team hasn't had that in Pittsburgh. Um, I disagree. But this year, it definitely seems like that's a thing. The defense was flying around, obviously. The O-line, while they're young, they were playing with a lot of attitude. Fire, Muth took someone, bounced them out of the club into the front row. Wide receivers are cracking, putting people on their asses. It was awesome to see. Is that something that you guys ever talk about as a team or as a coaching staff or, or when you're bringing in players to potentially take on the identity of the city because you know that that's winning football and that's what Pittsburgh loves. I just want to let you know or see if you had uh, any thoughts on that. Thank you so much for coming on. This one is for Steel Workers. Seven's coming home. Thank you. He was crying this morning, Coach, and he wasn't here for that. He was crying. I love it. Yeah. You know, um, it is something that we thoughtfully construct in team development. Um, Man, I think it's important. I think it's part of what makes the Steelers who and what we are. And more than anything, Forget whether or not we embrace it. It's how, we've, how we're viewed in the National Football League. And I know that from being a part of other organizations. It doesn't matter what year it is. The week you're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, everybody in the opposing locker room is walking around saying, oh, this Steeler week, we're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. We know what type of game that's going to be. And so it's responsibility from my perspective to prepare our guys for that, that they understand that their reputation precedes them and the responsibility that comes with being a Pittsburgh Steeler from a reputation standpoint. They're going to get physicality from people that play us. Uh, people that play us are going to sell that song all week. And so we can't run away from it. I choose to run to it. I choose to educate our young players. Um, you know, it's, you, either, you either wear it like a badge of honor or you wear it like an anvil, you know. And we choose to wear it like a badge of honor and, 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 and aspire to it. And so... Um, I love it. I love being a part of it. Um, it. It's a beautiful thing. How about the game we got this week, man? Uh, two teams that kind of embrace that mantra, that attitude. We got the Silver and Black Boys coming in here this weekend. And so they're another organization that really um, embraces the intangible history that they have and the, and the persona that's associated with it, man. I'm excited about competing against those guys. The Yenzers are going to go bananas in Hinesfield this weekend. First time it could be filled up in a long time. I can't wait to see and I can't wait to Oh mama I'm in here my life I'm the song of the love. 
Is that your alarm clock? Yeah, just say yes, by the way. Yeah. It's my ringtone. It's my alarm <laughs> clock. <laughs> yeah. uh, we appreciate you, Coach T. Last question before we let you go. Uh, why'd you let Troy Paul Mollett do what he fucking did to me? Why'd you let... I know you've heard of this. Why, why? <laughs> well, that's a short side of the field. That's bad football. You guys coaching unsound football over there in Pittsburgh? How did that happen? Hey, hey we, we, we know you and love you as a man. But on Sundays in the fall, man, you're the nameless gray faces that we All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, never had a losing season, absolute legend, two-time Super Bowl champion, Mike Thomas. Yeah! Thank you, Coach. Uh, in the football world, AJ, tonight you got Washington, you got the Giants. How do you feel about it? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, I mean, I like Washington. I like Heineke. Oh, yeah. I like uh, Washington's defense, and I'm just – I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sold on the Giants' offense. Right? I think the Giants' defense can play well, but I just don't know if their offense can be explosive and score enough points. Okay, and we had a full circle conversation about the Giants earlier, actually, because we talked about how terrible they did look at mm -hmm. times this past weekend. But also, I think we all forgot how good the Broncos' roster, remember, is. When Aaron Rodgers was potentially going to go there this offseason, we don't know if that's real or not, by the way. We have no idea what is real, what is not at this point until, right. until we get a full behind-the-scenes conversation, which maybe we'll be able to do this entire season. But when Aaron was potentially going to go there, all anybody was talking about, hey, this Broncos team is ready to go. It would be an upgrade, people said. Because I didn't pay attention enough to the Broncos, I don't think, until I heard all those things being said. So maybe the Giants... You know, we're just playing a very good team. Maybe Chubb and Vaughn did change the game for their offensive line, even though their offensive line looked terrible last year as well. Maybe it's a whole new game. Who knows? To break down some of the ins and outs that could potentially be happening behind the scenes here with Washington and the New York Giants and what's going on with Odell Beckham Jr. And all around the NFL, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to wrap up with our friend, Rap Sheet and Friends. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Yeah, Rap Sheet! What's up, dude? Hey, you looked, uh, somebody sent a screenshot of you on NFL Network yesterday. You look like you, uh, are you okay? Is everything all right? We're in the second week. You shouldn't be as sad as you did look on TV yesterday from the yeah. photo that I saw. Are you all right? Is everything okay? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what photo you saw. I've seen some, I've, I've kind of, I dove into the video a little bit. Um, you know, the coach's tape is up on Game Pass, which I appreciate. So I looked at myself. I thought it looked great. Um, I haven't seen what picture you looked at, honestly. And, uh, you know, I mean, here's the problem. Like, you got all this stuff like PFF grades and all this other nonsense. To me, I mean, I know my performance. I thought I looked, I thought I looked really good. What did you get out of PFF this weekend? Did they grade you low, pal? Were you lower than Cicliano? I'd assume so. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't, oh, I don't read it. Uh, you know, that stuff I leave for other people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, their opinions on you don't matter to you, obviously. Right. Okay. Obviously, I haven't read it. So, yeah. Hey, your information matters to all of us, though, and we're thankful that you're back. Let's dive into it. Tonight, is there anything we should be keyed on, alarmed to? Uh, any any big storylines that might pop up here between now and time the game starts? I don't see anything crazy. I mean, to me, uh, and I actually just talked about this on NFL Network, and obviously I assume you guys had that up on the on the big screens in the office there. Um uh, lower left. Yeah. yeah. Lower Always. left. Every day. Yeah, it's lower middle when Good Morning Football is on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Chris Carter was on today, too. Send a word up there. We need more Chris Carter on TV. We love yeah, Chris yeah, Carter over best. here. And then as soon as Good Morning Football is over, that thing gets slowed, slid yeah. right over Slide lower left. left. So you were, in, you were in lower left, I think. Right in front of, hey, that's like right in front of the big the seat that I sit on. Oh, yeah. Sure. Prime time yeah. watching. Okay. Yeah, it's time down there. Okay. A lot of tension over I here. Like You're kind of over here. But yeah, it's up there. <laughs> okay. There you go. Um, to Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, you know, over the last couple of days, he's been getting all these medical opinions, trying to see what the plan is. Does he need surgery? Does he not? He is going to opt for no surgery. So he's going to try to rehab out about eight weeks. 
which is a long time. Uh, obviously going to stay on IR. Now, you know, could get back maybe a week sooner, but eight weeks is about the ballpark here, which means Taylor Heineke, who we're going to see tonight, who we saw in the playoff game, is going to be the guy for the next two months. And it's interesting because in almost any other situation, having a backup quarterback is bad. I am not sure how much of a drop-off, with all due respect to Fitz, I'm not sure how much of a drop-off this actually is. I mean, we'll like, find out. Taylor Heineke is not bad. Like they, I think they have as good a chance to win now as they did before. Um, so that'd be one thing. And then the other thing is, you know, I think Saquon's usage will probably ramp up just a little bit. Had 10 carries um, last week, maybe a little bit more, but kind of needs to get some confidence to get back in the flow of things a little bit. Got it. Hey, what about Daniel Jones and the rest of that offense? Like, how much urgency do they need to have? And, like, don't they need a good show in here in a national game to get people calmed down a little bit? I mean, I live in New York. I, I know very well what talk radio is going to be like and what the tabloids are going to be like. It is a national TV game, which you guys know everyone overreacts to anyway. I, I think they really do need a good performance. And, and you guys hit it, like, right before I was on. This Broncos defense is legitimately good. Like, I think it is possible that they played bad because this Broncos defense is good. I mean, the personnel is great. The corners are awesome. Um, but they have to play well tonight. Otherwise, it's going to be a thing. Otherwise, is Daniel Jones the guy is going to be louder than – is Dave Gettleman the right GM? So that, that, I mean, it's early, I know, but I also know how New York reacts. I would say it's very important. Is that. Jason Garrett, you know, how, how are thoughts on Jason Garrett? Like, is it, if this is a make-or-break year for Daniel Jones, which I don't know if it is or not, you would know better than us, but will they stick it out with Jason Garrett the entire time if things don't go well? And is it Jason Garrett's fault, you think, potentially? I mean, if, if things continue to go the way they went in week one, I would say... You know, yes. probably all options are on the table there. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because, you know, we know where Joe Judge is from. He's from New England. Um, oh, yeah. He also, you know, and, and so many of the New England coaches kind of run a similar system to what they did with the Patriots. Jason Garrett runs what the Cowboys ran. Uh, so if things continue to go really bad, like, you know, that would be an interesting change to make. Uh, we're not close to there yet, but, um, you know, they're not going to change quarterbacks in year three. And, you know, like if things continue to go in a bad direction, sometimes things need to happen. So I wouldn't say that's crazy. I just don't think we're anywhere close to that. I'm excited to see what ends up with Jason Garrett, you know? I mean, yeah. he was on a hot seat for like seven years in Dallas oh, yeah. because mm -hmm. it was the America's team. I got a chance to meet him. He was a very positive guy. But it seems like in New York – if you got Saquon back and that offense continues to just stink or whatever, and I'm not saying it's going to, but that would get loud. I think that would get loud. Let's move around the NFL just a little bit here. Odell Beckham Jr., Kevin Stefanski, says, you know what? He's at, all right? Is that just for safety? Because I thought I saw videos of him this offseason running full speed, making insane yeah. catches. What happened? Was there a setback? Is there just he wasn't all the way back yet, and they're waiting for him to be all the way back because they know it's a long season? What's going on with him? So I thought he was going to play last week. It, it is interesting. And, you know, Odell is obviously a great player, very, Agreed. very talented, different dude, um, but very, very talented. And, you know, the plan, the hope, the plan was for him to play last week. They just wanted to make sure when he warmed up and, he, you know, he hadn't taken a lot of contact in training camp. So, like, he hadn't done quite all of it, but they thought he was going to get out there and play. Just wanted to make sure he was comfortable. They go through warmups and it's like, oh, no, 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 not not this week. And it kind of was like a big thing because then it's like, why does why did he not play? Is he just I guess the feel was he just didn't feel ready. Um, so then this week they're like, you know what? We're gonna end the end the noise. No one's gonna be talking about Odell. He's out already. 
you know, I think uh, I think week three would probably be, a, you know, should be playing week three. But again, like I thought he was going to play last week, and of course the offense honestly looked pretty good anyway. So, yeah, all last hey, year too. How about out in Seattle, Russell Wilson? Know. The, the new OC, uh, Walt, Shane Waldron, right? He, they had a pretty balanced game. It looks like is Russell happy? Is Pete happy? Like, how do you see this relationship going? I mean, Russell had a big hand in, in helping select Shane Waldron, I'll say. I mean, this was the guy oh. that he kind of – the guy that he wanted. And it's so interesting because, of course, you know, Matt LaFleur came out of there as an, as an OC. Um, what happened? Matt LaFleur came out of there as an what OC happened? first. What happened? You just looked off screen. Somebody texted you something. What, should we know on anything on tonight's <laughs> game? Uh, no, it was a reaction to the, the Fitch news that I put out before. No, it's, uh, you were watching the scoreboard. Uh, he was sure, watching yeah. the scoreboard. Touchdown. Touchdown. Uh, okay, sorry, yeah. Go back to Russell Wilson. He did a lot of that right, this past yeah, week. Yeah. So, it's interesting. So, but Shane Waldron was always the guy that people said, even when LaFour came out of the Rams, Shane Waldron was always the guy people like, this is the guy who'd be a great OC. He just never, he just never was. So when Russell and Seahawks picked him, I was like, okay, this, this actually is going to be a test of what I thought some smart football people said in the you know, first week they looked good. Russell got to throw it around. Uh, they got to take some shots. I thought the locket catch was just—I don't even un- ridiculous. I don't even understand how that happened. Yeah, I should. Uh, early it. returns are really, really good. I mean, I, really, really good in Seattle. Well, and also then Russell Wilson won on Monday Night Manning. It was awesome on there. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely awesome. <laughs> hey, can they that, lie that was about? Pretty good, right? Unbelievable. I loved it. I honestly loved it, and everybody in my world, and everybody knows I have uh, blinders on, unless you can keep the blinders on, you see them horse races, uh, they have the blinders on the horses so they can't see them. I, I have a world that I live in or whatever, but everybody in my world seemed to be watching it, and I enjoyed it. Once you understood what it was, you know, like, well, okay, okay, there is just so much football information coming here, this is awesome. I feel like the ratings were potential bullshit, personally. I, I just, because I, they said, that was like the thing, like a high buzz, low ratings, was like, well, how does that make sense? Hmm. How, how, you know? I know, I mean, I saw the ratings too, and I mean, I guess it would be hard to, I don't know if you, I, it would be, I don't understand why the ratings were what they were, but honestly, everyone I talked to was watching that too. It was, I thought it was great. I mean, the best thing that, that I get used to get to do when I used to travel for Thursday night football for two years was you'd sit in the green room with the analysts and I would shut up and they would just talk to each other and talk about football. It was, it was awesome. And that's what it felt like. I thought it was, I thought it was very cool. I agree. I enjoyed it. And maybe we're just in the, I mean, those numbers are uh, bullshit. Uh, yeah, it seems like it. Go ahead, Ty. Rap sheet. Uh, I, after the Jaguars got blown at by the Texans, obviously everything on the internet was, you know, urban. All these guys hate him. He's taking losses really hard in the preseason. He's leaving. He's going back to USC. Have you heard anything like that, or do you think that's mostly bullshit? Yeah, I, I, I don't buy the USC thing. One, because it's literally one game. So, you know, bailing on the Jaguars after one game would be – Highly unprecedented uh, and probably ridiculous. But the other thing is, he could have had the USC job, I think, at least twice, right? Like two years ago, remember, I mean, he, it's not like he was on a team, he was on Fox. So two years ago, if he tells USC, I want the job, like, I'm not saying they would have given it to him, but they would have had a hard decision. Same with the end of last year. Like, I just, I have a hard time believing mm. that USC job suddenly becomes open and he goes, oh, wow, I want that job. When, like, he could have kind of backdoored it like everyone in college football seems to and taken it two years ago. Now, another way to look at that is maybe he reached out to USC and said, hey, is that job still available? And they said, absolutely, we'll fire the guy tomorrow. (laughs) 
Hell yeah. And then they did. You know, that could that is what people that's what people think though, that that is potentially what happened. I I like you though, think if he made Khan do all that he's doing down there, building up that city, doing everything that they're doing, investing, and then after one game he's like, uh, you should still do all that stuff. It's good for your program. But I'm gonna get out. I don't know how you answer to that. Like honestly, I know there's been some other situations that have happened and people have nah. come back from worse. That's a tough thing to answer to, I think. Like you look like a mega asshole if that's the case, yeah. but I guess people have done it in the past. Go ahead, Connor. Yeah, Rap Sheet. Cowboys have lost five starters since week one started. I mean, pretty ridiculous. God. What happened with Lael Collins? Did he just miss a test? And then Randy, uh, Randy Gregory as well. And then Demarcus Lawrence yesterday broke his foot. How'd that happen? Okay. Uh, so we'll start with Lael Collins. Really strange, complex situation there. Gets a five-game suspension. Uh, from what I understand, it was not missing a test. It was several, several times when the NFL tried to test him and he was either not available or was not tested. And, you know, I think for one time, you, you know, stuff happens where, I don't know, you're in the shower. I have no idea. Stuff happens where you miss a test. I don't believe people are suspended for missing one test. This would have to be, you know, something that warrants a significant suspension, the kind that we rarely see. So I don't believe it was one test. I think it was several tests and some sort of, um, you know, the difficulties in, in getting Lael Collins to do drug tests was probably what landed him. Uh, go ahead. Uh, a missed test counts as a failed test, basically. So in the suspension right. rules were changed, I guess. So you right. would have to fail or miss multiple, I think. Hmm. That's Mul I mean, yeah. And from what I understand, this is multiple infractions. I'm just now like remembering that after he said that because literally I was scared to death that I was going to miss a test one time because it's like, ah, I need that not to happen. My life would be over. I miss yeah. it. Hey, they could test you. You only get a four-hour window, Ian. You sleep in until 10. They show up at 545. That's a fail. Is that what it is? Yeah. You get four believe me, I got tested 27 months, <laughs> eight of them each month. 200-some tests, I think, or 100-some tests. That sounds incredibly annoying. Uh, but I guess you just pee, and that's just sort of what it is. So I guess it's not that annoying. Yeah, and then you live in um, paranoia. I mean, it's just – I mean, there's a lot of things. But, yeah, it, it, no, helped, I got it. it helped me. But, yeah, you're right, though. It would have had to have been multiple because a miss is a fail. So you're right. You're 100% right. Um, okay, so what else? Randy Gregory on the COVID list. I don't know when he's going to be back, but it sounds like the team is preparing not to have him this week just as far as their preparation – and then Demarcus Lawrence, I mean, it's, I mean, I know you guys have seen it, but it is really ridiculous. He was doing nothing that he hadn't done 8 million times, rushing the passer, one-on-one -on -one drill in practice, just broke his foot. Uh, so had surgery this morning. He's out about eight weeks, you know, maybe another week after that. These are, you know, you put a screw in, you repair the fifth metatarsal. I mean, these are tough injuries, uh, but you probably will see him back. My guess is around Thanksgiving or maybe a little earlier, which the Cowboys should be good and should be still alive and pretty decent by then, so I think it's going to be okay. But, you know, he was probably the team's best player in their in their opening game. So. Did he have the Colts doctor do it, the guy that did the Colts' foots? Uh, I I don't believe so. I have not actually asked Shut who up. his doctor was. The, the, the Cowboys doctor, Come Dr. On. Cooper, is world-renowned. Sure, see, he's got the Cowboy hat on the sideline. Yeah, I, I understand he's a legend. I get it, okay? But Yeah, he's got the cowboy hat. I mean, they we, are the cowboys. Yeah, but we are breaking medicine here with the Colts doctors. Five to 12 weeks, seven days later, yeah. they're running gassers on the guy. <laughs> I, mean, that is, I mean, that is something that maybe – now, listen, maybe the Colts say, nah, this is our guy. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, no that, maybe that's what happened. I don't nah. know. But, but you're right. Cowboy the hat. The Colts got, are giving people. 
They are, aren't they? It's good. Who's your hospitality all the way through and through? Huh? Ain't that right? Go ahead, AJ. Sorry, bud. Hey, speaking of the Colts, uh, Ian, what, what do you think of their chances this year, making a run, getting to the playoffs? Like, just overall as a team, how do you feel about the Colts right now after Week One? They're good. Well, uh, I was so. I thought Carson Wentz would sort of be like he was, right? I mean, he was definitely not 100%. I know his foot was still in pain. The fact that he played is awesome, and it's only going to get better because I don't believe it's anything that could sort of be re-aggravated. just needs to get back into it. So I thought he was fine. The defense, I was a little surprised about. Uh, mm-hmm. And I know the, the Seahawks are good, but the big plays, like I was I was surprised. And I, I, I don't think that's going to continue, so I think the Colts are going to be okay. They still should be a playoff team, but like Wentz was sort of – Whatever, not surprising. Defense was, I was surprised by that. And so I was, I don't know, big week for the Colts defense, I would say. I'd say. All right, Rap Sheet, you going to break any more news today that we should know about maybe a little bit earlier so we can keep an eye out for your Twitter account? Hard knocks? Um, I hope so, because uh, nothing makes me happier than breaking news right after I leave the show. But yeah. I got nothing in the hopper. Um, oh, okay. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and Connor just said, I heard you dance around that a little bit. Hard Knocks is making an announcement tonight. What's that all about? You know. You know. Tell us. What is it? You know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Ian, tell us what it is. I I don't know. Bullshit. Ian, just tell us. What What? are you doing? Just, you know who would tell us? Ian Cicliano would tell us. That's right. And Tom Pelissero, who's, uh, what, he broke his leg or something oh, like that? No. Playing with the family? What happened to him? Yeah, he was tying his shoe. He hurt his back. He's he's He texted <laughs> yes. us from the he texted us from his bed yesterday. He was like, guys, it's going to be a long road ahead. Um, and now he's getting an MRI tonight, which is, you know. Tying his text- shoe? Look, he's we're old, man. Like we're we're not elite athletes that you guys are. We are. Tom, high. I mean, you Tom, tie shoes. Jesus, old TP needs our T's and P's. You can't be blowing your back out whenever you're tying your shoe, Tom. So, so let me just tell you what. I'm, as I'm thinking about this now, just think of the logistics of this. So imagine Tom at a youth soccer game tries to tie his shoe and then just is writhing in pain on the ground. What must the other parents have thought of this guy just laying on the ground? Oh, the famous dad is a fucking... Yeah. Oh, he's a boss. <laughs> oh, he's dead out there. Hey, Tom, right. whatever, the back is no fun, by the way. Those lock up Move on people. Drill down. Maybe, drink, drill down. maybe drink some water so the arrow can continue to run north on Tom Pelissero. And he would tell us. We know he would. You won't, obviously. Your code to secrecy. We respect it. But a little bit less, I guess, since you didn't answer that. Ladies and gentlemen, host of The Wrap-Up with Rap Sheet and Friends... Ian Rappaport. Yeah! 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 I am so sorry for interrupting, okay? There's a great conversation going on. Here I am interrupting that, but I want to let you know that I'd rather be caught dead than wear my favorite pair of sweats outside the house. Why is it that the clothes that are most comfortable are always the most unattractive? Is it too much to ask to be comfortable and confident at the same damn time? That's why you got to check out Public Rec. They make elevated athleisure wear into multi-dimensional sizes because they believe that comfort starts with a better fit. Their best-selling all-day, every-day pant is available in over 40 different sizing combinations and can fit men anywhere from 5'8 to nearly 7 foot tall. Are you kidding me? A better fit is the secret to making these comfortable pants look good. Not your favorite lounge pants can also be your go-tos for work, happy hour, the gym. After a year at home, they are the pants you need now. They are the you need pants. 
They come in nine different colors, one for each day of the week and then some. These are always the top choice in our rotation, and we've never had pants that fit this well. Don't feel sloppy and look damn good and be comfortable while doing it. Public Rep is here to help, and Public Rec rarely gives out discounts, but right now, they have an ex- that's because their prices are so damn good to begin with. Right now, they have an exclusive offer just for listeners of this show. Go to publicrec.com, that's P-U-B-L-I-C-R-E-C.com, and use promo code PAT, and you'll get 10% off. That's publicrec.com, and use promo code PAT to get 10% off your new favorite pair of pants. They're comfortable, they're stylish, and they fit perfectly. Public Rec, comfort and confidence all in one. Shout out to Public Rec. Shout out to you. Let's get back to the show. I called a couple doctors uh, in town and asked them what the proper move would be here because we don't know the incubation period. No, 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 no. No. And we have football season. We can't, we've got through 18 months of this thing. We can't have it now whenever everything's happening no and way. life is good and beautiful. No. Run wild through this office, brother. Yeah. Can't have that. Can't do, it. can't do it. Won't do it. Can't win with it. Won't win with it. Mm-mm. And Diggs agrees, and he knows that. And yep. we can't wait for him to be back. And he's still hosting Hammer Down 15 minutes after this show ends, a daily gambling show that comes out of this office by Diggs and Gumpy, two of the hottest gamblers on planet Earth in the moon. That's yeah. right. Bar none. Bar none. Uh, Gumpy, uh, you guys still winning or what? Yeah, Diggs was 3-2 and two last night. I was 3-1 and one Champions League yesterday. Oh, so we're back in your breadbasket. Let's oh, yeah. go. Hey, we- soccer's back. Yeah. Ooh. Hey, I heard... Messi might get a chance to play against Barcelona. Is that going to no happen? No way. Yeah, I think so. In this Champions League thing, they play in the middle of the week, and Messi's down with PSG. PSG uh, is in uh, the French League. They won that, obviously, because everybody said that was the Farmers League. Oh, Whoa. yeah. Okay, everybody said it was the Farmers League over there in France. Messi goes and bops there, and the whole crew's down <laughs> yeah. there. They're going in the Champions League because the Champions League is uh, the top four. Top four in every league. In every country. Yeah, every league. Europe. Every country in Europe. And yep. then they go into battle against each other in a super in a super battle. Hell yeah. Let's get the Red Bulls over there. What are we doing? Well, Thank you. The, I agree. The Red Bulls should be over there. Timbers. The Atlanta United, the Portland Timbers, Revolution. the LA Galaxy, the LAFC. Seattle we should have, Sounders. We should maybe, since we're a larger country, we should have eight teams maybe in the Champions League. It's a good league. idea. Yes. Something to think about. Maybe the MLS will be able to do that. But Messi left Barcelona. Mm-hmm. And the Barcelona, because of how good they played whenever they had Messi, they qualified for the Champions League. Ooh. Now they're just a team without Messi. And Barcelona, I guess, is getting run right now, right? That that team's not looking great. They got it. smacked in the mouth by Bayern Munich. Oh, Bayern, Bayern Munich. Oh, be careful. I got some bad... They said nine, Barcelona. I got some bad news for you, though. What? USA did fall out of the top 10 in the FIFA World Rankings. That's bullshit. Yeah, that's horseshit. Yeah, but we don't give a fuck about the people that do the rankings, so we don't give a fuck about what? The rankings. Hell yeah. Okay, so let's go ahead and remember that. Now, there are some people we do give said fuck about, and their rankings do mean something. But anytime we hear the rankings, what do we do? We judge the judges. Yes. Okay? Rankings are cool. Well, let's judge who's judging here and judge whether or not we should respect what they're judging and how their judgment is. Yeah, and we know anything about Who's ranking this one? FIFA. Oh, the ones that are uh, exactly. crooked, exactly. corrupt bastards. You're paying course, for that list. Of, of course, they don't want the United States to be yodely, 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 yodely off that goddamn rankings because that would be bad for everybody. It's the world's game. America can't play our game. It's a beautiful game. Can't do it. What happens when we do, though? Hey, Hell yeah. What happens when we send our guys over to your countries? to do uh, like high school and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then guess what? They come back home and all of a sudden we got your information on our athletes over here and we're going to go. And when that starts happening, we're going to win. What, is that what it is? Are they potentially holding that against us that we're taking over their game now? No, I think it's because they tied Canada. 
No, yeah, I remember we did that. Well, we got to perform. And we can't. We're still thirteen. We're still thirteen. Hey, we're gonna have to earn it. All right, we know, and we are. We know. (laughs) We're playing for trophies. We've always known. Joining us now is a soccer expert guy who's probably shaking the hand of Christian Pulisic just yesterday at some yuppie event out there in Los Angeles. Uh, Back joining us and blessing us with his presence. College football national champion, Super Bowl champion, ladies and gentlemen, AJ Fox. Yeah! AJ, your thoughts on Barcelona? I mean, I felt like uh, that's what happens when we have a guest that's coming on and waiting, and all of a sudden you go on some weird rant about eels that have teeth that, that blow your mind. And I'm sitting there watching you guys talk about soccer and how many times you can throw Barcelona in there. Barcelona. I mean, it was actually kind of entertaining. Okay, well, it's thank you. You are our soccer expert alongside Gumpy, and hey, there's two teams in LA. Did you know that? I figured that out when I was out there. Yeah, they do. They call it like the Derby, or think, or something like that. The El Tráfico. Uh, that's what they what? call it. The El Tráfico. I thought it was called the Los Angeles Derby. I'm not nah. wrong. It's called the El Tráfico. Yeah. LA Galaxy and LAFC. The only reason uh, why I truly know that is because Zlatan. Ibrahimovic, I think, debuted in that thing yep. and had a couple goals. And then I watched this last one. It was electrifying as well, by the way. That thing went back and forth. I think there was five goals in like the last three minutes. Yeah, really? It, yeah. The MLS is insane. It means right in the middle of football seasons. There's no way we can fucking watch it. But it had a good run there for a little bit. You know what I mean, AJ? Yeah, I, I know it's it's weird that we we can't really talk about like college football a whole lot. We know like, oh, it's, you know, people care about the NFL. And then sometimes we spend 20 minutes on soccer. <laughs> Yeah, it's a beautiful game. Oh, <laughs> uh, AJ. That was what? a beautiful burial of soccer right there. I wasn't burying I was saying like, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. a little bit. A little bit. You offended them a little bit? We know the people that like and watch the show, and maybe they aren't the biggest soccer fans. That's all I'm saying. Like, what? Maybe go. Alexi Lavas probably has a great show, or Tony Miola. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Miola would have. I love show. that, AJ, though. You know, because he's got 100 kids or whatever. They're great. All of them are great. Wife's a great person. He's out in public in Ohio, and he's running into other parents, other Ohioans. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I love the show, you and Pat or whatever, but they, the fucking soccer talk. Soccer Shut needs to up stop. About it. <laughs> That's it. It's AJ. AJ has done focus group studies on this, <laughs> and it's all around Ohio, I'd assume. We apologize for that, but if you get caught up in a soccer conversation, just know that America has a team, and you can talk shit to whoever is talking shit to you about their team. That's all we'd like to let everybody know. AJ, great to have you back. We missed you yesterday, buddy. Hey, good to be here. How was that uh, live interview with uh, Tyrod? Did you know while you're watching? Because remember, he tried to ruin the Mel Kuyper, Jason Glazer oh, yeah, moment. He did, he yeah. did. Remember in the middle of it, he spewed. I thought it was real. I thought it was real. What do you mean? Oh, yeah. So, and we actively heard your thoughts. Mike's not plugged in. Obviously, Ty is talking to Ty right now. Okay, we know that the mic is not <laughs> yeah, plugged in. I didn't in. know. It was, that, it was done so well, I honestly didn't know. But you are the guy, like, at the magic show being like, left hand. Yeah. 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 I'm, not, I'm actually not. No, no. Like, so that is one thing I have issues with. I, there's this great magician dude that goes out to Tahoe, and everyone's sitting there, and they're watching, like, oh, I'm going to figure this oh, out. Yeah. And I'm like. I've watched them. If they're good, I'm like, I'm not. There's no reason to even try to figure this out, bro. Like you're that good. Who cares? Like, I, I just let me be amazed. I don't have to try to figure out every trick you're doing. I agree. I love magic shows. Have you ever seen John Dornbus? Does he go out to Tahoe? <laughs> I have not seen him out there. I've see, seen him on TV and the internet a little bit, dude. I act, I rolled into an event in New Mexico. I think me and Pierre Garcon were some of the the later arrivals because we had to we had to fly. I think we had a couple stops before we got there. It was long before the private. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
long before. But there was an event out in New Mexico, and we showed up, and we had had a couple of drinks, I guess, on the plane, maybe, and in the airport, and in the uh, in the, uh, the transportation <laughs> yeah. to yeah. the place. So we were having a pretty good time, you know. And they're like, uh, John Dornboss is in there. Uh, he's doing magic for everybody. And I was like, I actually said, like, yeah, I'm not a fucking kid. All right, I don't do magic. All right, uh, I'm gonna be at the bar or whatever. And they're like, uh, Dornboss is the long snapper for the Eagles. I'm like, oh, I would like to go chat with the long snapper from the Eagles. Wherever. So I wasn't even going over for the magic. I was going over for the long snapping conversation with this guy and uh i sat down accidentally like right in front of him you know and uh he did like an hour and a half right in front of my fucking face and it was a complete game i became like the biggest fan of magic that day he he had me get and i was obviously a little bit intoxicated so maybe it was a little bit easier to get me or whatever but he had me get up and go to the other side of the room and pick up something and the goddamn card was in there and it was like my initials were on it or whatever like how i would write it i'm like how the fuck I was just mind blown from then. So John Dorenboss put the, you know, the magic back inside me, I think, in one drunk day in fucking New Mexico. It was insane. What a skill to have, by the way. We were at the Pro Bowl a couple years after that. He had everybody, everybody in the NFL basically surrounding him backstage as they were doing the Pro Bowl draft that everybody hated. They did this public draft. Andrew Luck was like the first pick, I think, and then somebody was the last pick. And that person's a pro bowler, and they were actually pissed that they were the last pick. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, hey, this is not supposed to be. But you were backstage for three hours. Dornboss did a like a three-and-a-half-hour magic show. It was fucking unbelievable. I'm like, look at the. I mean, everybody's captivated. I'm, I'm all the way in. I'm happy to hear that you're not an asshole at all those shows. No, no. They, I know they practice. Like, I, I, the guy, Matt Furman, he's a stud uh, magician. He was on Hard Knocks back in the day with the Jets when Rex Ryan was the head coach. I've seen him a bunch. He's really, really good. But those dudes, like, some of those tricks, like, oh, I've been practicing this one for two years until they, like, feel comfortable pulling it out in public. It's it, pretty crazy. It's a move. Like, they have these moves. I've, I've watched so many documentaries on it now. Like, I am a big fan of magic. Literally used to lead off my show with a magic <laughs> <Yeah>. trick. <laughs> when magic. Just like, that's what Lou Holtz does, too, in his speeches. All right. So you're back. Listen, <laughs> yeah. I heard. I'm serious. He, he gets paid a bunch of money to give speeches, and he starts with a magic trick. I'm not going to give it away for the people that go watch. It's the newspaper. I've seen him do uh-huh. the newspaper, okay. Coach, yeah. or Dr. Lou or whatever. He also told the uh, the Bumblebee speech to me yep. one night before a game. Really? Yeah, we had the prime time. I, I don't remember how it was, but I was able to see his speech before our game. And I remember ah, – Maybe I took it into practice after watching, but I was saying it to a bunch of people like as a motivator. I used to love those sessions, and I think we do have Coach Holtz actually on the line. Oh. I, think, I think we actually do. Co- Coach, what's the thing about the bumblebee? I completely forgot about that. That was an incredibly motivating and inspiring story. Well, yeah, when I was at Locher Dave, I used to tell the guys, you hear the bumblebee going, bees, 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 bees. <laughs> I want our defensive ends and our offensive tackles and guards to be in your opponent's head all night, and we will win the football game. Coach, I got a question. I got a question, Coach. How do you? How does? Is it tough to win when it's hard? Like you have such high standards when you're trying to recruit all these four and five star guys. Sometimes you can't get them in. What are you insinuating, AJ? Huh? What are you saying? It's tough to win at Notre Dame, coach. You're goddamn right it's tough to win at Notre Dame, but I was the best goddamn coach they ever had. What are you GDing all over this place, coach? I thought it was a big, big Catholic situation. Well, it is, but I'm not the coach there anymore. The coach ain't got there. I don't need to get into his past transgressions, (laughs) but I don't think he's a great Christian either. All right. 
Uh, what's going on with Play Like a Champion today? Something yeah. going on between you and well, Notre Dame? Yeah, I mean, I created the damn thing, put it in the locker room, and then Notre Dame acts like, you know, they made it up. I said, hey, listen, fine. You, you want to use Play Like a Champion today on T-shirts and all that shit? Then get me three months supply of Depends and some right. applesauce, right, and right, you right. can do it. Right, right. Thanks, Coach. Thank Amazing. you, Coach. You brought it up, asshole. No, I did. Yeah, you did. Welcome you, back. You legit... You crafted your hour after Lou Holtz by starting with a magic trick, like the big attention getter. I understand. Yeah, yeah, I did. And by the way, I made a uh, thank you, Coach, for stopping by. You're welcome. It's good to be back, guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> Been a while. Hey, that's a real thing that's happening. By the way, for those that are wondering, Notre Dame and L- Lou Holtz had some sort of something going on over the, I think it was a cease and desist problem. Yeah. Like playing yeah. like a champion today and merch and everything like that. It, was it settled? Do we know? Was it settled? No, no it I'm going to get every last goddamn cent out of that place. Another GD. I, I don't know if Coach Holtz is dropping that many. Well, I'm hot. You know how much money they've made off Play Like a Champion today? And you know how much <laughs> Dr. Luce ate from it? Not enough. <laughs> good thank, point. Thank you for your passion. Uh, there's also a alleged situation going on in St. Louis that oh. is potentially brewing that I'm not sure we know enough about the chit chat about i think there's going to be uh, some sort of settlement between the rams and the city of st louis mm-hmm. can't thank you enough for allowing us to be a part of your day today and to the guest tyrod coming through with an incredible conversation i don't want to be doing no public push-ups to head coach mike tomlin what a legend that was awesome Ian Rappaport wrapping up some stories for us and then immediately breaking news after he got off the air with us and then doing that on NFL Network. I mean, just standard operating procedure. A.J. Hawk was back, and I think he'll be back for some time, and the boys crushed it. But thank you all so much for allowing us to do this every single day. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow with a nice feel-good Friday. And then the greatest weekend in the history of weekends is happening. Hope you participate in my risk-free $10 same-game parlay, 10 bucks to win 116 bucks, And if you lose, they will refund you. Only good for tonight's Washington-New York Giants game. Can't wait for it. We'll react to that and more tomorrow. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these people into a beautiful Thursday night football Thursday night. Hashtag in a pod squad. Can't wait to see you. Cheers.